Hey, all you curiosos out there in podcast land. This is Joe Taylor. I just wanted to let you guys know that we've put up a donation button on our website, thecurioso.com. We know that for the past year, we've had the Amazon link on there, and a lot of people have done a lot of their shopping through our link, which gives us a percentage, and that helps maintain the show. Now with this new donation button, there's no middle. It is a direct donation to the Curioso to help pay for bandwidth, to help pay for equipment, to keep the lights on, basically. This show is a labor of love to us. We enjoy doing it immensely. But we do hope you guys can find it in your hearts to help us keep this show going. So go to our page, Curioso.com. Look there on the left. You'll see a big yellow donate button. Click on that and help keep this show going. Thanks, and on to this week's episode. Greetings! This is original Sideshow Geek Swami Yomami of the Cheeky Monkey Sideshow. You are listening to the Curioso Podcast. Find out more about me at SwamiOmami.com and CheekyMonkeySideshow.com. And remember, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is still a freak. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. So we've been doing this podcast for, what would you say, this is our... 33rd episode? 34th episode. 34th episode. And majority of the time, we do pretty good on the research. Yeah, and we, we get along. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, kind of. <clears throat> when someone does their research. I did, I did a, 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 uh-huh, quite a lot. Exactly. So, but this is a reoccurring thing, Chris. No, I mean, I've been, you know, I got a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> we both do. You know, I, I have to eat. Sometimes. You know, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. I, I, what? <laughs> so we decided to uh, settle this little tiff, this dispute, by a duel. And that's the topic of today's episode. Duels, and if you really want to know how it ended, you're just going to have to watch our companion video. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, what is a duel? A duel, as Webster's Dictionary defines it, combat between two persons, usually in the presence of witnesses. So it's it's combat, one on one combat. My eyes still hurt. Does it good to settle a dispute over pretty much anything? But mm-hmm. primarily, it was honor. 
Yeah, it was it was uh, two people. Uh, one thought their honor was besmirched, mm-hmm. uh, and you defaced, defamed, and yeah, and you would challenge uh, the other person to a duel, mm-hmm. and hopefully they would back down uh, first off and just say, "Hey, you know what? Sorry about that." Right, right. But if they didn't, then uh, you would go forth and duel. Yeah, it was like a tit for tat almost. You would have, you know, someone would fire first and then hopefully an apology and if that person did give an apology they would fire back mm-hmm. and then it went back and forth till i think the third the, the third shot was pretty much done like the argument is done you're either dead you know drew first blood drew first blood or wounded or wounded yeah mm-hmm. or you've apologized for being an idiot or, or, or jerk or jerk whatever Whatever the case may be. So it comes from the Middle English Old Latin word dulum, which mm-hmm. means war. Okay. So pretty, you know, bing, bing, bing on the nose for that. When you said bing, 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 they can't actually see you touch your nose, Joe. I know. <laughs> it's good podcasting. Yeah, great, great there. Yeah. Right. You don't do your research, and I make uh, hand gestures. You know, come, come on. I thought that we, I thought that we worked this out. <laughs> we did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so some of the implements of destruction that were used for dueling, and this, this is a very ancient practice tradition. As it, it, were. it probably started out with rocks. Probably. Yeah. Sticks, mm-hmm. rocks. But it was, it was bare dogs. Dueling is actually mostly for. Upper class gentlemen. Yes, that's, that's what it became. It's the the aristocracy. Yes. So whether that be um, the samurai mm-hmm. and and fighting with katanas or mm-hmm. dueling with katanas rather, right? Uh, or or the aristocracy of England mm-hmm. firing pistols yeah. or, or sabers, swords, yeah. or rapiers. Or, or, yes, sabers or rapiers. Mm. Uh, Not rape ears. Rape. That's what I. <laughs> No, what? no. Rapiers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, stabbing <laughs> each other with those. Um, it it was it was basically aristocracy. It was high class people saying, "We're not going to have a fight in the street." Yes, that's because dogs and lower class people do that. Yes. Yes. So they would they would uh, they would pick a place. Mm-hmm. They would pick a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, both um, both people would and, and actually both men. It, it generally was among men. There was some right. uh, women that, that dueled, but it was, it was very uh, unoften. Right. Caddy and lots of scratching and hair pulling and jello. All right. That's kind of sexist. <laughs> but that's all right. Let's just move <laughs> with it. joking. All right. So, yeah, uh, some of the implements used, like we said, knives, swords, bats, clubs, spears, anything that could kill or maim. Katana. Katanas, yes, wakazashis, uh, flails, maces, pick something, anything, uh, even fists. Fisticuffs. Yep, put up your fisticuffs. Uh, but guns pretty much reigned supreme. When, when well, guns, once they came about. Yeah, when they came on the scene, like mm-hmm. a sex machine, like they pretty much were the uh, end-all, be-all for duels. The flintlock pistol. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And in fact, there were, it was basically... The the craft makers who made the guns would make these 
fine gun kits yeah. with two pistols that were exactly the same, mm-hmm. shot exactly the same. So no matter which one that you picked, you pretty much had the exact same shot. Yeah, you may, you're making the game fair and even Yeah, based on the weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying your marksmanship or your stability is you know, standing or any, anything else. At least you know that your weapons are equal and that is part of the fair fair part of the game. Yeah. And they would, you know, they would also craft the nice carrying case for them of and you know and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to have one of those. But Joe, uh, just because we talk about the duelists, mm-hmm. uh, we can't forget uh, the duelists second. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You had a, a pretty much a helper, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically like uh, when you well, were a knight, I, I kind of think of that a squire. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and I kind of think of him also as the referee. So, yeah. like each side brings their own referee. Mm-hmm. So, say their best friend, or uh, you know, their 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 brother, cousin, someone mm-hmm. they know well and trust. Exactly. Right. Because it is possible that uh, once someone was wounded, if someone else. During the combat, whether it be the shooting or the sabers, if someone else played unfair, mm-hmm. the, sec- pools, mm-hmm. uh, the second would jump in to defend his honor again, basically. <laughs> and, yeah. and the seconds would go at it. And the seconds would go at it, yeah. And that happened several times. The origins of dueling, uh, pretty much ancient times, like we were saying. And it was kind of the tradition of single combat, opposing sides, whether it was a full-on, you know, uh, army or a group of marauders or whatever the case may be, what they would do was they would send out a champion, Mm -hmm. you know, as a representative for the prospective army or clan or what have you. And the fight was usually to the death or served as a prelude to a full battle. A full-on battle, yeah. Right, basically saying, here's our champion. It's the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys go out and fight for either side's honor, and whoever dies, you're pretty much hexing the other side. You yeah. know, like, we did that to your champion. Imagine mm-hmm. what we're going to do to you, your whole yeah. army. Yeah, I guess it would really pump up or completely oh. knock down your morale, depending. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Some of the most uh, famous ancient duels, like David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. That's a famous fictional duel. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. What? Nothing. Uh, Ajax and Hector. I mean, I've fought with Ajax before, and it's just, you know, it's kind of smelly and coarse in your hands. I have no clue who Ajax and Hector are. It's who in are Homer's they? Iliad. Oh, so it's in the it's other in the fictional Iliad, book. not the Odyssey, the Iliad. Okay, right, gotcha. Right. All right. Uh, and, and there's many, 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 many references to duels in history. Uh, in the in Europe during the Middle Ages, dueling became a form of justice. Mm-hmm. So you know you had kings and and uh, princes and stuff and and royal members that took care of like certain regions of, of areas. And you could take it to the high court and, you know, whatever your dispute was. Most times it was settled by combat. Trial by combat. Mm -hmm. So this was the civilized way of of people, you know, uh, going through a trial. And pretty much whoever lost was assumed the guilty party. Again, it goes back to the the pride and, you know, uh, 
honor and, and stuff like that. So if you stole a sheep, you know, someone could, I guess, accuse you. Of, and of, yeah, of stealing. You could say, no, I didn't steal ye old sheep. I challenge you to a trial by combat. That's bad. <laughs> and it's, it's you know, we're talking about, you know, hand-to-hand combat, which is different than jousting. And I was even thinking and playing around with the idea of talking about jousting with this. Mm-hmm. But really, it's not, jousting is not besmirchment of honor. Right. So it is right. It is usually held in a tournament right. uh, or, or things like that. So I think that we, we might discuss that during a different episode when we talk about, I don't know, deadly games or something. Yeah, you know? it could work. Yeah, so. definitely. 1593, the king of Siam killed the Burmese crown prince in a duel on the back of war elephants. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty epic. Yeah, you don't really see war elephants anymore. No. I mean, the last time I saw one was that Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. uh, Maybe 300? Do they have him in 300? I haven't seen it in a while. I don't remember. Yes, there are. Yes. Okay. There are war elephants. And also, there was a, a really good fight between uh, Leonidas and the crazy giant mutant guy that st- he stabs in the eye. Mm-hmm. That's kind of dually right yeah, there. Kind of dually, yeah. 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 You know, I mean, like champions. Yeah, champion versus champion. Uh, see, that's, it's so hard to... Uh... Well, that's... That, the, the whole champion versus champion thing, that's not really besmirchment of honor, uh, aristocracy kind of stuff, even but, though the champion would be kind of like a higher, held on a higher renown, obviously. Right, right. It, I, it, was, it was more of during war, during battle. Right, Or before exactly. battle. So it, but it's still, it's still along the same lines because the warring parties would send that out as sort of as, as, as that is their honor. Here's here's our biggest strongest, you know that we're fight. He's fighting for the honor of our army. Mm-hmm. You know when they would do the the beginning uh, duel fight. Then you have 1783. Richard Martin was an Irish politician, and he, he had a couple of different nicknames: uh, Humanity Dick. Oh, yeah, wow. that's funny. That's what they used to call me back in high school. That's <laughs> not what we called you. <laughs> Maybe the latter part. Uh, animal, because... You better be careful. We <laughs> might have to dole again. <laughs> right. Ba- I mean, he, he was a huge animal rights activist. Mm-hmm. And this is 1783. Uh, and one of his other uh, nicknames was Hair Trigger Dick. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> because... Maybe this guy needs to change his name. Because uh, he had participated in over a hundred duels. Wow. Yeah, a hundred. So this guy was like a professional duelist. No. No? No, he just was he quick-tempered, just, yeah. and he liked his honor, you know? Wow, yeah, he apparently, he was probably besmirching a whole lot of other people's honor, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, there was a bunch of besmirching going on. So he fought George Fitzgerald in the Castle Bar Barrack Yard over Fitzgerald shooting a wolfhound, and this... Martin uh, knew the dog and mm-hmm. the owner very, very well. So this this guy, Fitzgerald, they called him the fighting Fitzgerald. Uh, again, high strung, high temper, you know, kind of go off on anything. And I guess this dog was annoying him, and he shot the poor thing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he challenged old fighting George Fitzgerald to a duel with the pistols. So in that duel, both were wounded, but they both survived. 
And then later on that year, a few months later, Richard Martin's cousin was also in a duel about some besmirchment, and he was killed in his duel. Oh. And then after that, after uh, Martin found this out, he refused to duel anymore. No he, longer he, wanted to duel. Well, that's understandable. So he got, you know, 100 and 101 duels in, in his lifetime, you know. Uh, lived to the ripe old age of like 83. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good for the 1783, you know, to 18-something. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is a pretty, and, pretty ripe old age. Yeah, yeah and fighting 100 duels. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So back in 1913... Uh, there was a gentleman, a pioneer by the name of E.J. Harrison, and he wrote a book called The, Sp- the Fighting Spirit of Japan. Uh, he actually has an account of Sakajiro Yo- uh, Yogiyama's uh, a sword duel that he saw when he was a child. Okay. Uh, this was when samurais would duel. Now, mm-hmm. now we kind of had mentioned katanas, yeah. so typically... You had two weapons uh, mm-hmm. that you would have the katana, which mm-hmm. was the longer sword, and the wakazashi, which is the smaller sword. Basically, your utility sword. Mm-hmm. Your everyday chopping this, you know, your, your utility sword. Yeah. And your katana was strictly for honor fighting. It's not just, I mean, it, it's, it's passed down from generation to mm-hmm. generation. A lot of the time, the katana is brought into the room when a child is being born yeah because it is it's it's a part of the family yeah that's i mean it's it's this one piece of, of equipment has so much uh so i mean it it is basically was the samurai's dignity yeah so yeah, definitely so a, a lot of the time what would happen during this account he's specifically discussing how when you would have the scabbard you would have it tucked into your 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 waistband mm-hmm. okay in the you know the, the the sash right okay you would have it tucked in and uh in large crowds samurais that were together would uh try not to bang their scabbards together right if they were to bang their scabbards together it is a great offense yeah so yeah. if you do not immediately apologize or both samurais immediately apologize together mm-hmm. basically they pretty much have to duel. That's right. that's how honor bound they are in uh, in their bushido, in their mm-hmm. in their ways of the samurai, yep. and in the way that they how they feel about their katanas. Right. So uh, a lot of the time when they're in crowds, they try to point the tip of the sword down near their leg mm-hmm. and not so much out, but it would still inevitably happen. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells of this duel between a ronin and a ronin of course is the, you know, a, masterless know. samurai. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Used to be a samurai and then either the family got, you know, uh, you know, rubbed out or, you know, they went broke. Went you broke, know, I mean, you know, disbanded, whatever. The daimyo or the lord was was killed or, or right. died. And now they don't have a leader or mm-hmm. master. And it was really hard for a long time for them to get work with other families and other other clans because there's a lot of infighting and other fighting going on. Mm-hmm. And some went to farming, some went to here, but a lot of them. Well, some would also uh, take up the you know would would help defend a village or something like that right, against bandits right. and things like that. And they usually would... that was for room and board or some kind of pay. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, so they you know guns for hire basically. Yeah. So uh, so basically, he was telling uh, about this story that 
Uh, there was one Ronin, and you could tell he was kind of shabbily dressed, and he had cracks in the lacquer of his of his scabbard. Mm-hmm. So you know he was a middle aged man, and there were three samurais, one of which knocked his uh, you know had knocked his scabbard with the with the other gentleman's scabbard. Okay. So with the other samurai scabbard, so they basically bang scabbards. Uh, the older sam- the older uh, Ronin samurai mm-hmm. apologized. But the the younger, more brash and kind of mm-hmm. large samurai would not accept it and said that they had to duel. Okay. He also had two other friends that were samurai with him. Okay. So basically, this Ronin was fighting against three samurai at the same time. Uh-huh. So as the story goes, they seemed as though they were under the influence of sake. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, the the... The Ronin samurai accepted the duel, although he did not want to. Right. And uh, by that time, a large crowd had gathered, uh, uh, many of them being other samurai. Mm-hmm. However, they d- would not interfere. Right. Uh, so in, in accordance with the custom, the combatants exchanged names and the swords were unsheathed. Uh, the three samurai uh, facing one solidary opponent. Uh, the blades of the duelist glittered in the sun. This okay, I've read that from the book. Right. Uh, so the uh, the Ronin uh, just stayed there calmly, and he was engaging the middle man and the the man who wanted the duel. Right. He kept on stepping forward, and the man in the middle kept stepping back. Mm. Of course, the 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 gentleman, the samurai to his right, mm-hmm. saw that there was an opening. He took it. He lunged. The Ronin took him. Sliced him down. Right. The one to the left. I mean left. Yes, right. Uh huh. <laughs> took him. The Ronin sliced him down, and the nice. third opponent in the middle just took off on his heels and ran. Uh, that's but that's even worse than dying in a fight yeah. back then. Yeah. Now you are a complete coward. But just knowing that that he just took down you know his basically his two friends. Oh yeah. And yeah. he he yeah he just turned heels and ran. Yeah, but that's so, I mean, that literally is worse. It is, it is. So the Ronin uh, apparently wiped his bloodstained sword and uh, returned it to his sheath and was applauded by the other samurai that witnessed it. Hmm. So I just thought that was an awesome account. Yeah, so it really was really cool. It was written by, I believe, a, an Englishman mm-hmm. that was, uh, uh, you know, just kind of pioneering to Japan at the right. time. traveling. So, through. I mean, it might be embellished a little bit, but it's, uh, but I, it's still a very cool story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I found one that, uh, pretty, pretty hilarious. So in 1806, Humphrey Howarth, Howarth, Howarth? Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. <laughs> All right, so Humphrey Howarth, the MP for Evesham was attending the races at Brigden. This is all in in uh, England somewhere, mm-hmm. and dined one night at the castle. And while he was in the castle, he fell into discussion with the Earl of Barrymore, not Drew, but <laughs> the Earl. He is basically an Irish peer, and they were during the discussion. It turned into an argument as usually things do when there's booze involved. Uh, and they arranged to meet on the race course the next morning to have a duel because of this argument. Mm-hmm. And they, both men were pretty well known as being, you know, brash and, and roguish and, you know, not, not, not the most uh, 
level ahead of people. So when they get to the uh, to this racetrack nearby, Barrymore was astonished because Howarth actually started taking his clothes off at the duel. What? <laughs> yeah. So apparently, um, Howarth was... So he was just getting naked? Yes, yes. But no one knew this. Uh, no, no one knew why. They just saw some, you know, middle-aged, he was, you know, late 30s, early 40s uh-huh. uh, guy just start stripping down, his, you know, to his undies. <laughs> so apparently he used to be an army surgeon. Mm-hmm. And he, he knew that a lot of infections during wars happened because you had tons and tons of filth and bacteria on your clothes from crawling around in mud and, you know, just being generally nasty. Oh, especially probably, yeah. When when was it? Uh, this was in 1806. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he knew. Yeah, they didn't wash them, their clothes that, as, so, as often. But he yeah. was kind of, you know... Uh, being a little bit more proactive by mm-hmm. taking his, he's like, I'm not getting an infection. If I get shot, fine. <laughs> but I don't, I'm going to get shot and not have an infection, yeah. jerk. <laughs> so he strips down to his skivvies and, and a pistol. And after both of them fired their shots, neither one hit anything. Nothing. And they finally uh, called it even. So I, I think most of it was probably because the dude was naked. Yeah. And it's just like, Put some damn clothes on her off. I think I, I read a little bit about it, and he I believe that he said that he didn't want to be the man who shot the naked guy, was, was the idea, right? <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure that that's... It's like shooting someone in the back, Yeah, you know? <laughs> Nudie duels. So, Joe, have you ever heard of Miramoto Musashi? No. He was a uh, uh, he was a uh, a pretty famous samurai and uh, duelist. Okay. Uh, he was uh, obvi- he was a uh, Japanese samurai, mm. and he would he he was known for fighting with two swords at the same time. So not only okay. would he use his katana, but he would also use his wakazashi and okay. fight with both swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would throw a lot of people off because of that. Right. Um, now, one of the most famous duels that, that, he, that he ever had, mm-hmm. one of the most famous duels that he had, it was Miramoto Musashi against Sasaki Kojiro. And during this duel, they had some kind of beef. Um, and Probably roasted. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Teppanyaki style. Well, they had uh, decided they were two preeminent Japanese swordsmen of their time. Mm-hmm. So they were they were they were very much uh, rivals, right? Uh, right, contemporaries. And, so, mm-hmm. and uh, they decided to meet on a remote island, uh, uh, Ganeru Island, to settle their differences once and for all. Okay. After after arguing, so uh, as the legend goes, um, uh, Sasaki Kojiro was there with with a few people, mm-hmm. and uh, Musashi decided to show up. Like, it's between three hours and several hours late. Okay. So everyone's sitting there waiting for for this, this, uh, you know, uh, amazing, you know, amazing duel. Okay. Mm -hmm. They wait like three, four hours for Musashi to show up. Finally, he paddles up, you know, on a a boat. Right. Okay. (laughs) And then jumps out of the boat. And instead of bringing his katana, Uh he has an oar. That he has taken from the boat and fashioned it to look like a katana. So basically, okay. it's almost like a kendo sword. Yeah, like yeah, a, the, wooden the wooden practice sword. Exactly. Yes. He had he had whittled it down so it was like a kendo sword. Nice. So basically, he's. I mean, how like like how like if <laughs> you were if you were Sasaki Kojiro, you'd be like you 
ass. <laughs> right. I can't believe that you're showing up and not even with your katana. You're actually, you're basically. You he's, think he can beat me with a wooden exactly. sword? Exactly. He's actually like besmirching his honor even more. Even more. Yeah. You know, by by saying I'm going to show up and I'm not going to show up with my katana. I'm going to beat you with this piece of crap. <laughs> right. With this boy's practice sword. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so basically, they you know they they went to go fight. Mm-hmm. They went to go to go duel, and uh, uh, Kojiro sliced at him with a a move that is called the swallow cut. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means or how how it is, but it's, it sounds. I think it's based on how a swallow dives. Yeah, the, the bird. Yeah. And it's like this sort of like a U shaped kind of U shaped, yeah. you know. But it, it sounds really nice. It yes, sounds it beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Musashi uh, hit him square, uh, like in the in the head, <laughs> and uh, it dealt him a fatal blow and killed him. Wow! And from beca- blunt force trauma. From blunt force with this, uh, and killed him. And uh, immediately Musashi hopped into the back of the rowboat uh-huh. and used the sword to paddle to safety <laughs> because everyone decided to to come after him. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. But the he other people that square. I know. But but the people that Kojiro had oh. were very angry about it, and they Got all chased you. him. But he Got actually you. paddled away with this, you know, or slash yeah slash ca- you know katana yes or right. But uh, 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 Musashi eventually went on to be a famous painter as well as writing a book called the How the, to Hit People in the Head with Wooden Swords. N- no, it was actually um, it was called the Book of Five Rings. So ah. yeah, he went on to, to write that book, and he was uh, renowned for his swordsmanship, and 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 wrote that book. And people today, uh, you know, on Wall Street, people who you know uh, take over businesses and things like that, they all still read this book, mm-hmm. as well as people who are you know uh, warring. Yeah. So they yeah. read this book as you know to use strategic it strategic learning yeah, for strategery. Yeah, strategery. Yeah. <laughs> strategery. Yeah, so it's kind of it's one of those classes, kind of like uh, Shinzu's The Art of War. Right. So right. it's just it's been uh, renowned, you know, ever since. So hmm. yeah, that was just one of his famous uh, famous duels, uh, one amongst many. Right. So Joe, um, let's talk about the U.S. ten dollar bill. Okay. Do, do you know who's on the U.S. ten dollar bill? Is it Jackson? Uh, no. Jameson? Nope. <laughs> there is no Jameson in a U.S. currency. No, Johnson? It's, it's Alexander Hamilton. I was okay? going to say that. Yeah. Alexander Hamilton is a founding father. Right. All right. right. He is on the Mark ten- Hamilton. No, uh, no. <laughs> he's on the he's on the ten dollar bill. Alexander Hamilton was a founding father. He was also the uh, Secretary of the Treasury for okay. for a very long time. Now uh, he actually had a problem with a gentleman by the name of Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr was the uh, was serving a, a vice president under Thomas Jefferson at the time. All right. So uh, it was about the time where they were almost coming up to the third president of the, of the United States, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, basically, uh, they had a, a beef with each other um, during uh, one of the campaigns and a failed bid in uh, 1804 to become the governor of New York, okay? Okay. Uh, now, in them arguing... They uh, Burr challenged Alexander Hamilton to a duel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now Alexander Hamilton was a Christian and did not want to kill. Uh, that was one of the things that he decided was was against his religion was killing. They finally eventually met on July eleventh in eighteen o four, and they they brought their pistols. They had their seconds, 
and uh, they fired upon each other. Now, uh, Alexander Hamilton, like I said, did not want to kill. He fired in the air. Okay. In order to not hit Burr. Okay? He knew that he was probably going to die that day. Yeah. So he, uh, Burr actually shot him in the stomach, and the next day, that afternoon, he, he did indeed die. Hmm. Uh, but all I have to say is, is uh, uh, Aaron Burr, he's not on any money. <laughs> That's right. Also, if you've ever seen the show Drunk History mm-hmm. on Comedy Central, the very first Drunk History was about this battle. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but I had to put it on there. It, okay. is, it is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you ever heard of Jeffrey Hudson? Uh, no. He was a dwarf. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Enter- did, did he ask for trial by combat? <laughs> Man, I want to see the next season. <laughs> yeah, you got like 10 months. Buddy. I know, yeah. it's killing me, sticking Game of Thrones. All right, uh, so Jeffrey Hudson entered royal service by emerging from a large pie at a party for Charles I. The first. The, Charles, oh, Charles okay. The first. <laughs> he belonged- Just his eye? He had a party yeah, for yeah. his eyeball? Okay. Uh, he belonged to the Duke of Buckingham. But Henrietta Maria was so enchanted by the little man that she insisted he join the court. She called him Lord Minimus. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a little derogatory, methinks. Yeah, that, yeah. So Charles made him a captain in the royal army. But while Hudson was naturally the butt of many, many jokes... He was also a very proud person as mm-hmm. well. Um, kind of the Napoleon syndrome, I think. Yeah, well, uh, I, he might have had a short fuse. Uh, One day, a young officer called Charles Croft, he went too far in teasing him for coming off worse in a fight with a turkey cock. So basically, oh. H- Hudson, the, the dwarf, got in a fight with a turkey. Okay. A, a, a male turkey. Yeah. And basically got the, you know, uh, stuffing pecked out of him. Well, yeah, well, turkeys are mean, man. They are mean. They are mean. So this guy pretty much, you know, ridiculed and teased him for Mm -hmm. not being able to fight off a turkey. And, of course, Hudson challenged Croft to a duel. Okay. The soldier thought he was choking and turned up armed with a water pistol. Oh, (laughs) Insult injury, right? But Hudson was in earnest and demanded a real duel with real pistols on horseback. Okay. So, oh, so they're both even? Uh, I don't know. Well, I think they both have to be. I mean, he's still, there's still a height difference even if he's yeah, on a but horse. When you're, but it's still better if you're both on true, horseback. Yeah. True. So, Croft was uh, kind of chubby and pretty slow on his horse. Hudson, however, was only 18 inches tall and presented a much tougher moving target. Oh, I imagine so, especially if you're on a horse just riding around crazy, yeah. Right. So the the dwarf escaped injury while his opponent was dead through the heart. Oh. At the end of the duel. So this was the last of Hudson's luck. He incurred royal disfavor and was exiled then captured by the Barbary pirates and spent 25 years in prison in North Africa after that. So he got one shot in, killed the guy who insulted him, and then he gets locked up for 25 years by pirates. Oh, that sucks. 
Uh, but then, hold on, after 25 years, he escaped and retired to his native Rutland, where they still drink a beer in his honor. All right. Well, did, well, is it named after him? Uh, it just uh, like a cheers. You know, they, oh, would, okay. they would say, you know, something Hudson or whatever. Kind of like how we cheers to Freddie Mercury. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a funny little story. Yeah, that's good. You know, we were talking about uh, we were talking about uh, Aaron Burr and and uh, Alexander Hamilton, mm. but they aren't the only you know aristocracy that fought in the, the in the U.S. Right. I don't know if you know this, but Abraham Lincoln, one of the most iconic presidents that that we have besides George Washington, right. uh, was also in a duel. Really? And this was, yeah, this is when he was a senator um, uh, around uh, 1842, and he was uh, basically going back and forth with a gentleman. Hang on, with a he was actually going uh, back and forth uh, in newspapers writing bad things about uh, James Shields. Okay. Yeah, they just didn't like each other's policies, and they were they were you know he was he was writing in the newspaper, uh-huh. uh, you know just basically like I mean, I- talking. But he was using a an alias, a oh. woman's name. Oh. Uh, I believe it was Sheila or something. Okay. Uh, and then his wife also Mary Todd also wrote uh, uh, under the pen name Kathleen and wrote some bad things about James Shields. Nice. So eventually. James Shields, I guess, did some Batman detective work (laughs) and found out that it was the Lincolns that were putting all these terrible articles uh, in the newspaper about him. So uh, basically, they decided to duel, or James Shields challenged uh, Lincoln to a duel. Now, Lincoln, being smart about it, Mm -hmm. knew he wasn't a very good shot. But he was fifteen feet tall. So oh, he he was he was (laughs) he was over definitely over six feet. Yeah. So he kind of had to have you know. Uh, some kind of plan because he's a big target. Yeah, and um, he was he was I believe about six foot four inches right. is, is about what Lincoln was. Uh, and with that stovepipe hat, you know, you're 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 adding an extra like twelve right there. <laughs> right. So as where Shields was only about five foot nine inches tall, so okay. he had a good five six inches on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lincoln decides that he's instead of using pistols, he is going to fight with like swords. Yeah, uh, with uh, sabers. Okay. Wow, that was really hard to get out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can leave that in. That's right. fine. You know, fight but, with uh, Buick sabers. Yeah. So they they fought with sabers, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in the fighting, um, they uh, they they wanted to fight to the death. Uh, when the two men faced each other, there was a plank put between them that neither one could cross. Lincoln swung his sword high above his head. Uh, to to cut through uh, a, a knee, nearby tree branch. Okay. To swing and cut cut this tree branch, mm-hmm. and uh, it, with this demonstration of like the intensity that Lincoln had, mm-hmm. Shields decided that he was at a fatal disadvantage, and uh, encouraged by his second and other bystanders <laughs> that were watching, he decided to call a truce, and uh, Lincoln. Lincoln went along with it, and they both basically decided to call a truce. Nice. And all from just cutting a tree branch. But the point was, it was so high up in the air that he cut the tree branch in half. Right. And Lincoln was a big, strong man at yeah, the time. Yeah. And he just cut this tree branch in half, and Shield was, was basically like, oh, oh I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I better is, stop. I'm going to yeah, lose yeah, I'm, my head. I'm going to die. An arm or the most of me, and no good. Yeah, and eventually uh, the two men were brought together uh, again. Uh, Shields was a brigadier general in the Army of the Potomac when Lincoln was president, and so basically, you know, Lincoln commanded him. 
right at, at some point so uh, I don't know I just thought that was kind of neat um, hmm. also I just wanted to mention the place where they fought they fought on a island it was basically a sandbar but mm-hmm. it was an island eventually it had turned into growing up uh, some good trees as we had mentioned right right and the island was called Bloody Island. <laughs> nice. Swear to God, it was Bloody Island. Before or after that duel? Well, it was actually, it's in the Mississippi River, uh-huh. Bloody Island is, okay? and um, Was it uh, was it one of those things like someone was going down that river and then hit the sandbar and like, Bloody Island? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> you know? But actually, no. It, it got its name because it was a famous dueling grounds. Huh. Yeah, but not just dueling grounds. It, it was basically so it's a it's a sandbar in the Mississippi River. It, so it's a it's a sandbar that has a whole bunch of trees on it and mm-hmm. it's in between Illinois and and the and uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And okay. it is right in the Mississippi River and it's only about a mile long and about 500 yards wide. So it's kind of kind of a long island that was okay. a sandbar, grew a whole bunch of of, of trees on it. Right now, um, it, it it got its name because it people would have uh, boxing matches on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, they would have cockfights on it, and they would have duels on it. And the reason why they had all this nefarious activity going on at Bloody Island mm-hmm. is because. Illinois couldn't claim it. Illinois ah, couldn't claim it. Ah. And also Missouri couldn't claim it so because like, it was in the middle of the river. So it's it was, like international it's waters. It's no man's land. Yeah, it's international waters, but in the middle of a river. Exactly. Yeah, right. it, was, it was a no man's land. And there's at least five duels that they know that were fought there between uh, lots of uh, aristocracy. The Benton-Lucas duel, the Barton-Rector duel the Biddle-Pettis duel and the Brown-Reynolds duel, and as well, we already know, the Shields and Lincoln duel. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they were all fought on this island. So at least five duels were fought on it, and we don't even know how many cockfights, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I just thought that was really, uh, really neat. So, Joe, have you uh, read anything about the code duello or the rules of dueling? No. Well, we, we've done a little bit of that research when we were, we were uh, you know... When we decided to solve our issues, mm-hmm. uh, our personal issues with that, our our duel, so we kind of had to look up the rules to make sure we were playing by the right. Yeah, you know, I, I think that we were. Uh, yeah. we tried uh, as we might. Right, uh, we didn't it was... do the old, you know, ye oldie timey rules. We kind of, you know, went modern. Well, but, uh, I mean, when you're using Nerf guns, <laughs> right. I mean, what are you supposed to do, you know? <laughs> right. But the uh, Code Duello, it covers the practices of dueling and points of honor, and it was drawn up and settled by Colonel Summers Azaris in 1777. Hmm. Uh, it was, uh, it was, yeah, so they, they wrote this up basically so that you, everyone knew what the rules were. Right. So right. now, now things would change. They would decide to do pistols. They would decide to do sabers. They would decide to use different implements. Mm-hmm. But generally, uh, they use these. Uh, they use these rules. Right. Um, right. You also had your seconds would would come up, and you would all together discuss whether you would be having pistols at dawn, at first light, at noon. Yeah. You basically picked your time, mm-hmm. your place, and your implement your weapon yeah Uh, and then once those three things were decided there were rules in place to to dispatch each other Mm -hmm. in the proper in the proper manner so that's that's what those rules follow right yeah okay exactly uh and it has a lot to do with 
begging of pardons, and, uh, and <laughs> right. if the pardon is not given, then another shot is fired, and, right, and so right. on and so forth, yeah. until you get an arrow in the knee, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, it's it's just all done from there. So, right. Mm-hmm. And then what, by the, I think with the pistols, at least, it was by third shot, if you're neither dead, if you're neither dead nor dying, you know, then it was done. It was pretty much done. Right. It was settled. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you got to be a really bad shot if you take three shots with a lead ball, I guess, and you, you just at, don't hit anybody. At 50 paces. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It's like, seriously. So, Joe, the longest duel ever fought was mm-hmm. between Francois Fournier Solovies and uh, another gentleman by Captain, by the name of Captain Pierre Dupont. Okay. Uh, Solovies was basically body and quarrelsome mm-hmm. and so much so that uh that the the captain dupont decided to confront him about it so basically uh from being you know uh body and quarrelsome mm-hmm. uh you know they they got into this argument and uh they <laughs> there there's just so much like surrounding this that they 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 just fought several times, wounding each other constantly. You know, slicing each other with 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 uh with their with their sabers, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually both injuring each other uh, so much uh, over nine, 19 years long. Yeah, I know. Like, so, they, like I mean, it, so, okay. So they live in what the same town, I guess. You know, same well, region. I, I believe it was. I believe it was France is where they. But the, the same region, mm-hmm. you know, they live relatively close. So, you know, one guy's going to the market or going to court or, you know, going wherever, you know, going to find some baguettes or mm-hmm. whatever you do. And this guy is walking on the other side of the street. They would just be like, Ba-da-da-da! and like jump in the street, just like Ching-ching, and just fight. Well, so basically, uh, Dupont refused to use guns. Okay. okay, and so they they consistently fought with with sabers. Okay, uh, more civilized so, weapon. Yeah. Now Fournier had stabbed Dupont in the shoulder and wasn't a- able to continue. So Dupont wanted a rematch, and then they fought again, and they were both injured. I mean, this just went back and forth, you know. And they would uh, they would you know it's keep like, on seeing yeah. each other and arguing, ping and then, pong with swords and scars. Yeah, and then go back and duel again, and eventually uh, uh, Captain Dupont was was about to marry his fiance and he wanted to settle down mm-hmm. uh and his fiance was basically said i'm not going to settle down with you if in and a year she pulls off the mask and it's really what's his face <laughs> and they start would, fighting again that would be even funnier yes but she basically said i'm not going to do this if you if you're going to continue to fight with uh fournier uh, um and and uh and 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 die you know right right so uh so they both basically decided to to you know, uh, call a truce. So, uh, basically they decided to have one last fight and he, he eventually said, yes, I will use pistols this time. Mm. Okay. So they met on, on the, on the field of dueling, uh, on, on the, the, (laughs) you know, the, the, the bloody, uh, bloody knoll, uh, wherever they were going. Right. And, uh, DuPont tried to trick Fournier by putting his, his uh, putting his jacket on a stick, 
well, I guess very far away. Okay. Fournier <laughs> emptied both of his pistols into the decoy, uh-huh. and with his guns empty, Fournier, uh, his, uh, you know, basically was at his lifelong rival's, uh, you know, mercy. Right. So Dupont uh, decided to not fire his pistols at Fournier, on the condition that they end it once and for all. Huh. And they did, uh, and he was able to go along uh, after 19 years and finally uh, marry his fiance. Wow, with no more duels to look forward to. Yeah, so I just—it's amazing. Thanks, wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just wanted to mention that this was made into a movie called uh, *The Duelists*. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, made by Ridley Scott. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Ridley Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Giger. Some of my favorite duels are from movies and video games. Mm-hmm. Um, Dune. Okay. Arrakis, the desert planet. Giger was a huge uh, influence with that, all of his art and everything. But the, the duel in the movie, Paul Atreides versus Fade Rutha, mm-hmm. Sting. St- oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Now I know Kyle, Kyle yeah. McLaughlin yeah. versus Sting. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> And, you know, the, I will kill him, I will! <laughs> Just, you know, amazing scene, you know. Then we've got the, the duel, the two duels, the two major duels I remember from The Princess Bride. Oh, yes. Where... I'm Ningo Montoya. You kill my father, prepare to die. Well, yeah, I actually two. watched that one, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Well, there's two. There's two memorable ones mm-hmm. where the Dread Pirate Roberts, yep. Carrie Always, fights Ningo Montoya mm-hmm. at the cliffs. Oh, and beforehand they have they sit down and have a chat because yes, he had climbed all the way up the mountain, right? Yeah. Which was you know the gentlemanly thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you know, Inigo Montoya is trying to find Count Rugen, you know, the, the six-figured the man. Six-figured man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just you know, really funny, really you know, silly duels. Well, I just wanted to mention also with the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. uh, there was also the duel of wits. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, Inconceivable. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, the, the, fir- the first rule is never uh, engage in a land war in China. And the second is n- never, f- n- what is it? Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> so, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very dually movie. Yeah. Then we have, you know, Highlander. Mm-hmm. All of those movies are. See, it's weird because they're not really. Duels per se. Oh, they totally are duels. Yeah, but but you know there can be only there can be only one. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, even for the the TV show, that long running you know TV show that, that ran forever. But it's not there. There's no real honor or besmirchment involved. Mm-hmm. They're just they're, um, That's how they survive. You know, they take each other's power. But very, very, very dually. Mm-hmm. It's always like, you know, usually one-on-one or two-on-two, but, you know, very, very dually. And it always ends, um, you know, with uh, with the head chop, right? Exactly, with yeah. the head chop. So um, I also wanted to mention, of course, we cannot miss the uh, epic battle with the dead pirate Roberts against uh, against Andre the Giant in that in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, so we were kind of playing around with maybe doing an, an Andre episode. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are into that, send us an email, mm-hmm. uh, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, and uh, let us know whether you would be into doing a, an Andre episode. Yeah. 
Sorry, Fisic, I didn't mean to jug him so hard. One of my guilty pleasure video games mm -hmm. is Red Dead Redemption. Uh, yeah, okay. I played that for a little while. Yeah? yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, it's same people who do Grand Theft Auto and, you know, very, very fun games. But you duel in that game. You can, awesome. You can duel. So, you know, if uh, you've got this sort of like bullet time thing and someone calls you out on something, you know, it's very old cowboy. Mm -hmm. And um, if someone calls you out, you kind of do this like... <whistles> that kind of scene, yeah. you know, and, and you... Tumbleweeds. Yeah, your pistols and you... <whistles> and if you win, you win. If you don't, you die. Oh, yeah, and but the screen it, goes black, I'm sure, and right, then you just like, come back. Yeah, you've died. Reload, respawn. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, there's some dueling in that. Uh -huh. uh, and, and tons and tons of other video games and TV and uh, The Simpsons. They had a whole episode where Homer's just walking around smacking people with gloves. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, you know, defended, you know, you've... Uh, Wrongly accused me, sir. I, I demanded satisfaction. And then by the end of the episode, he's just, I demand satisfaction. You know, just smacking people, walking around, punching people. And then this guy, uh, this, you know, southern gentleman actually is like, all right, sir, pistols at dawn. And he actually takes him up on the offer. Uh -huh. And it's the whole episode is Homer freaking out because someone actually took him up yeah. on the duel for him, you know, <laughs> someone smacking him. We, you, uh... We can't forget. Uh, uh, I mean, how many wizard duels have you have you been to, Joe? Have I been to? Yeah, yeah. I, I've witnessed uh, Sir Ian McClellan versus Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah, <laughs> dueling. That, was that um, Lord of the Rings? Was that Sor uh, Sauron or Sauron? Uh, Which one Saur is that? Sauron. Sauron. Versus. Uh, God, why do they have to name them so I know. similar? Sauron. Sauron. Yeah, uh, and. Um, Gandalf. Magneto. <laughs> Gandalf the Magneto. <laughs> right. uh, of course, uh, one of my favorites is the uh, is the wizard's duel that happens in The Sword in the Stone, the mm -hmm. Disney's animated movie. One of my favorite five minutes of when I was a child. And of course, yeah. you know, this is where they change uh, from a cat to a mouse. And they just change back and forth into all kinds of animals. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole premise is that they're not supposed to be any fictitious animal. Right. Uh, so... Um, Once he turns into... Oh, no... What was he it? does something, and then she turns into a, a dragon. A dragon, and yeah. of course he ch changes into a tiny microbe and can't <laughs> it find makes it. Her yeah. Sick. yeah, so yeah, that's that's that only, hilarious. Like pink dragons can get or something. Yeah, yeah. Just one of my absolute absolute favorites, and I put that that on the show notes. Oh, did you? Uh, as well as I have the uh, dueling banjos deliverance mm -hmm. uh, on there, and I have a uh, the uh, the um, uh, Miramoto Musashi. Uh, it, it was a uh, a film where the the ore fight, mm, yeah, yeah, the ore against the uh, katana. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so there's a, a lot of good videos to see on on the show notes this time. And a call back to our our Star Wars episode. How many freaking duels are in that movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you have you have your average fights mm -hmm. in the movie, but there are some blatant duels, absolutely over revenge or you know. Uh, Someone saying this or someone saying that, they are... And, and most of them end up with a hand getting cut off, just saying. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a magic cloak floating to the ground. Yeah, yeah, well, you know? whatever you And do. you come back in the stars later. <laughs> <laughs> so we had mentioned uh, Trial by Combat uh, a couple of times. And I wanted to say that uh, in 2002, 
Uh, in 2002, there was a 60-year-old gentleman uh, by the name of Leon Humphreys, and Leon Humphreys was had a ticket for 25 pounds for a minor motoring offense, so a traffic violation. Right. And he basically decided to invoke the right of trial by combat against the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Agency, or the DLVA, <laughs> DL, DVLA, okay? Was this 2002? 2002, yeah. Sweet. Uh, he said it would be a reasonable way to settle the matter. Uh, he said it was also a uh, still valid under the uh, European human rights legislation. Really? Yes. However, the magistrates uh, that, were, that were sitting the case uh-huh. disagreed and instead... Uh, uh, Instead of accepting his offer to take a clerk from the Swansea, uh, from Swansea with samurai swords, um, uh, Gurku knives, or heavy hammers, whichever their choice, right. uh, just find him 200 pounds with a uh, hundred pound court cost. Wow. Yeah, uh, Humphreys was an uh, is an unemployed mechanic, and he uh, he was taken to the court after refusing to pay the 25 pound fee. And notifying notifying the DVLA that his Suzuki motorcycle was no longer registered. Um, <laughs> after entering a non-guilty plea, he threw down his unconventional challenge, uh, and he was uh, yeah he was willing to fight. This is a quote. Right. I was willing to fight a champion put up by the DVLA, and it would have been a fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, but he was declined by the courts. So I would have uh, liked to see him gone against the stenographer, you know? Right, that would have been pretty funny. Smack. There are a myriad, a plethora, a murder uh, of duels throughout history. Tons and tons. If you, I mean, look it up. There are a lot. So, but I wanted to talk about some more modern style dueling things. Mm-hmm. Take, for example, dueling piano bars. Mm, we, okay. ha- we have one downtown uh, in Baltimore. Howl at the Moon? Howl at the Moon. Yeah. And they date back to about the 1890s when uh, ragtime piano players would pretty much want to see, like, you know, th- this guy is better than this guy. So they would have a piano off, mm-hmm. you know, and duel each other to see who was better. Yeah. So it's like, you know, old time, you know, uh, rap battles or guitar solo battles. I mean, we've been doing, you know, trying to show the, ne- the other guy up for as long as we've been able to do anything. Yeah. D- well, I guess there's not a whole lot of deaths in that, though. <laughs> no, no, no. But it kind of goes to, well, what'd you say about me? Well, I'm, I can play a heck of a lot better than you can. Yeah. Oh, no, you can't. You know, yes, I can. And uh, it's really guitar, not really piano. But uh, <laughs> but now, I mean, modern day, it's sort of, I mean, it, there's no real besmirchment or honor involved, but they're a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, usually they, they use the, uh, the sing-along method for the audience. Mm-hmm. So you kind of still get that back and forth interplay between either the piano players themselves or the crowd and the piano player. Interesting little dynamic between between those two. One of my favorite dueling references, and anytime I hear duel, uh, whether it's from a movie or I see it on TV where two people, two characters are going after each other for mm-hmm. revenge or honor, you know, whatever. Dueling to me, the word is like synonymous with banjos. Dueling banjos. 
I was very, very young when I saw Deliverance. <laughs> and it's it's stuck in there. And, and it's just, it's one of those pieces of music that you I, I put that on the show know. notes, too. Yeah, that, you yeah. instantly know what it is. You know, it, heck, even the millennial kids that are popping up now, they know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not know exactly where it comes from. Well, my wife plays banjo, and mm-hmm. we've been camping before, and she's brought her banjo. <laughs> yep. And in the middle of the night, there's <laughs> nothing creepier coming back from the latrine than hearing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing will send you running faster. Yeah. My last camping trip, uh, we went to southern, southern Virginia, and it's like a river. So we canoe down and then camped on the side of the river. And I was like, uh, is this going to be like, are we getting into like banjo country? <laughs> and uh, the people I went with, they're like, I don't, I don't think so. So I said, do you want me to bring my banjo? <laughs> Just in case, you know, in case we were feeling, you know, banjo, banjo country-esque. So the song actually, it, it's from uh, the 50s, written and recorded in 1955 by Arthur Guitar Boogie Smith. Originally, it was called Feuding Banjos. Mm -hmm. And then a group called the Dillards popularized it in the mid-60s, in the the folk circuit of the 60s. James Dickey heard the song and thought it would be a wonderfully perfect song for his film version of his book, Deliverance. Because it has that sort of like Appalachian sort of feel to it. Well, yeah. the banjo is a very Appalachian. Yeah, it was it well, was brought over from from Ireland. Ireland and, yes, yeah, um, and that that film was released in 1973, and, and since then, with just being synonymous with the movie, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been in TV, like Stargate SG One. Mm-hmm. It was in one of the episodes. Films like Big Fish, Tim Burton's Big Fish. It was in there. Uh, commercials for Toyota and Mini Cooper. So it's been kind of all over the darn place. And um, for the for the intro of this episode, I actually, I have a banjo, but I decided to do a little something different. Mm-hmm. So I played it on my acoustic bass. So what you guys hear in the intro, that's that's on an acoustic bass. So maybe one day I'll, I'll do the uh, spinal tap thing and just have an all bass band. <laughs> you know, and we'll do dueling basses. So, Joe, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch a a decent amount of TV. And one of the movies that I just could never really get out of my head was a movie that was made in 1971 by, uh, no less, the director was Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And that movie was called Duel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and by the time I was, was you know, a young kid, I think it was just, just like on TV stations playing, you know, all the time. I mean, you know, it came out in 1971, which was way before I was born, but I just remember watching it all the time. Yeah. And basically it's a, about this guy who's in this little, you know, little sedan, you know, and, uh, you know, this is like a 1970, 1960-something, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, car. Like a boat. Yeah, and he's uh, he drives, you know, he's stuck behind this huge 18-wheeler big rig. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, this thing is just like, it's rusty. It just yeah, looks like, like hell. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. That, like like that, most of the horror movie vehicles, it's like rusty and beat yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, So he basically passes it, you know, on the left side of the road. 
And then uh, as they're coming down the hill, the truck passes him. So then he's stuck behind it and the fumes are just really getting to him. I mean, I'm sure at that point, you didn't really have air conditioners at that time. <laughs> right. We're he's got not all the windows standard. down. Yeah. yeah and they might not down. even have had him at that time. Right. So he's got the windows down. It's He's in the hot desert and he's trying to make it to this meeting, uh, this business meeting with someone. Mm-hmm. And he's basically going back and forth with his truck to not be stuck behind it, right? Right. So they, they go back and forth, and eventually, uh, if, you, if you get the chance, you should really watch this movie. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's just done so well. You never get to see the driver of the big rig. Right. There's a, there's a scene in the, the cafe, because he finally gets off the road after, you know, a couple different you know, hairy moments. Yeah, and he tries to force the guy off the road. Right. He tries to, you know, he try uh, like almost rams him. Mm-hmm. Just, just antagonizes him the entire time. They're just going back and forth. Right. And eventually, right. like you said, they make it to a gas station and a little cafe. Right. Right. And and he sees the the, the truck. He go, you know, he's sweating profusely and you know all crazied up. And he looks at the window, and the truck is parked outside. It's right out there. So he automatically assumes that one of the people in this little cafe restaurant has to be the driver. Well, the driver was not in the vehicle at that time. You could actually see there was no driver in the vehicle. Right, right. So this is it's really funny scene because he's going to like... It's paranoia. Yeah, yeah, but he's going to like other people and he's looking at their boots and and, because he saw the the guy get out once and he saw his boots. That's all he saw. He saw his boots when they were both filling up with gas at some point. Right, right, that's it, yeah. So, you know, everybody in the stinking cafe has boots on. And the same brown cowboy boots. Right. Every single one of them. Right. So he's like going up to people, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know what your problem is. (laughs) You know, and just people are like, what? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. He and he oh, can't figure so out who this is. Yeah. And it, I mean, they're, they're yeah. So it's like it's almost it's so it's kind of it's got a lot of action. It's got like some psychological you know thriller sort mm-hmm. of stuff going on. It's just it's yeah. It's an amazing amazing movie. And obviously yeah. we're not going to tell you how it ends. Right. Uh, but uh, somebody dies. But we're <laughs> not going to tell you who. Oh yeah. So yeah, it is a it's basically a, the, a duel between a car and a truck. And the drivers of each, and uh, yeah, yes, yeah, somebody dies at the end. It's, no, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a great movie, and uh, yeah, I got it on Netflix, and then I let you see it again. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We I have I haven't seen it in forever, right? So, but it was it was uh, it was just as engaging for a 1971 movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was super engaging now. Oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, if if you were to duel, mm-hmm. where? When and with what? Oh man, well that's that's a little bit rough. I don't know. I guess I would probably go to Bloody Island. <laughs> would you? You yeah. know what I mean? Or I don't know. You know what? Maybe I would just go ahead and uh, I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking I would maybe go to Bloody Island. Or maybe I would just go ahead and duel on Oak Island so I know my blood just soaked down into all that treasure or whatever's down in there. Right, right. You know the, what I mean? The crows or the wolves will, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, swing in your favor. For so the, either the Oak duel. Island or Bloody Island, I guess, uh-huh. depending how far north I was. Mm-hmm. Um, what weapon would I use? Um, I'm thinking, you know, and this is to the death? Yeah, let's go to the death, yeah. To the death. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say... Um, how about, uh, how about a, a sock full of hot nickels? <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> when would you do it? Would you do it morning, after brunch? I'm uh, thinking. I'm thinking. Second breakfast? No, I mean, I would at least, no, you don't, not after dinner. I would say after lunch. Let's okay. say one. Let's say one o'clock. About one o'clock. About one o'clock so I can have a nice breakfast and a nice uh-huh. lunch. And I don't want to be, you know, too full after dinner. Swinging so I'm hot thinking, nickels in a sack. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. hot nickels in a sack, you know, or, or, or a sack full of nuts and bolts. I mean, whatever, you know. Something heavy. Any kind of metal, you know, in a, in a, in a sock. Right, that'll be, work. Any yeah. kind of metal in a sock would be good. You know what I mean? Quarters. I'm not, you know. I'm not picky. Yeah, I'm not picky. As long as you're able to flail around. As long as it's not Alexander Hamilton $10 bills, you know (laughs) what I mean? Because they don't have any weight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I'm going to invoke Knut Kalifi. What the hell is that? And we're going to fight to the death right now. Is that uh, is is From that Star like Trek. is that the Klingon <laughs> yeah, thing? No, or whatever? no, yeah, it's the the Vulcan thing. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining us for duels. And uh, if anybody besmirches, besmirches ye old honor, uh, give them the old glove slap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You've offended me, sir. I demand satisfaction. (laughs) All right, we're out of here. Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us, feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecuriosopodcast. We tweet at curiosopodcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. So the or- some spurs. <laughs> oh, did you say Fleming? I thought you said Lemmy. Oh, Lemmy. Sorry. <laughs>